Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yeah, Jason Isbell and the 400 unit will be playing and taping the ACL TV show tonight down at the ACL Live at the Moody Theater over at Moody Center. It's going to be uh, Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder and the gang. Good music night in town. And uh, what was last night? Last night they had uh, Sting. Sting was out there at Moody Center. So, yeah. But we're all on football. we got the Longhorns. We've got oh, yeah. uh, the Cowboys st- sitting on top of the NFC right now. There are eight undefeated teams, eight 2-0 squads. Six of them are in the NFC, which I think is surprising to some. The Washington Commanders are undefeated. The Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated. Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Bucks, and the San Francisco 49ers. Think about this, right? I mentioned over in the AFC, it's Baltimore and Detroit. Excuse me, Baltimore and Miami who are undefeated. How about this? The Dolphins not only have the Dolphins and Niners have gone on the road to win their first two games. I just mm-hmm. that's a big deal to me when you start an NFL season and you you win both you go two and zero with both road games. The New England Patriots with Bill Belichick are zero and two with two home games. That ain't good. 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 Bill Belichick, yeah. who was looking pretty pretty miserable last night, mm. he was not happy. Yeah, I think it's uh, – well, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think his defense is still going to be one of the better defenses in the NFL. Going up against that Miami offense, though, it is – They it, jumped out early and man, then they made some good adjustments. It's a stress – it's probably the most stressful offense in the NFL to have to defend just because of the speed at every position. I mean, you you miss a tackle. You're out of position. Usually it means, oh, man, we give up a play, live to fight another day. Not against Miami. <laughs> uh, you give up that play, that, that that play may be a back-breaking haymaker. And that's what Miami can do for you. So I think it's just a stress that Bill Belichick is dealing with. And also, you know, that, that offense, you know, it's better with Bill O'Brien at the helm, but it's still not, mm, it's still not an offense that's going to go out there and help you win games. They're going to have to win with defense. That's hard to do in today's NFL unless you got an elite it is, defense. It is hard, and yeah. uh, they need more offense. And obviously that Miami team, I think, has shown, along with San Francisco, Dallas, um, you know they're 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 in the elite category. Uh, they're really good, and if they can keep Tua healthy, they're going to be fine. I told you, Tua is the best quarterback in that division, and when he's healthy, yeah, he is. There's no doubt. I know, I know people are like that's crazy. Nope, I'm serious. If you go look at the numbers, when Tua is healthy, he's a better quarterback than Josh Allen, and yeah. it's actually not. Up, it's actually not that heat of a debate if you look at the numbers. Yeah. Josh Allen did bounce back. Well, Josh, Josh had a good game. He, no, no, he Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's also, he's on give it away, give it away, give it away now. And Tua doesn't do that. He does. Tua just gets hurt. Yeah, that's his big issue. Got to stay healthy. All right. So uh, good football over the weekend. There was also some bad football and some ugly football. Bad football in the Big Twelve, in large regard, uh, and the ugly. <laughs> All right, we're just talking to our man Cole from our staff. He was at the Austin FC game last night where they lost in what Josh Wolf called a must-win game. They lost to the Portland Timbers 2-1. to one. It's not like Portland's been tearing it up, and they came in and beat Austin. Uh, there's a lot of feeling that um, mm. whether they do it now or at the end of the year, Josh Wolf is not going to be long for that gig. Sack him. Sack him. Man. As the Brits would say. Uh, Cole, yeah. And afterwards so at the press this... conference, he was asked point blank if you lost this locker room, and his – his answer was no, but his body language indicated other way. Otherwise, I remember they asked Sark that after his first year, and Sark was like, "You got to ask the team." 
He was so frustrated with that team. He was like, they were like, Sark, if you lost a lot of he was like, you got to ask them. Next question. He was, I was like, whoa. That means maybe. I don't know. Hell, I go, I, I don't know. Maybe I did. <laughs> I love it. I, and you know, speaking of body language and what he wanted to say, Sark wanted to say, Look, I got to be honest. There's a lot of the kids in this locker, guys in the locker room. I don't really like very much. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I did lose them, but don't worry, they're gonna be gone anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, we're having a hard time with some of these guys. Yeah. We're, we're not seeing eye to eye on. on no a lot. doubt. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's 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 a new coach coming in. We saw Brett Venables do it in year one at Oklahoma, where mm-hmm. he, and you know now they're three and zero and ranked you know only other Big Twelve team that's ranked right now. So, uh, all right, so that's some good football. By the way, I want to give Jonathan Jones at CBS Sports some credit because he did the deep dive like you did, Rod. And you give these stats a lot about mm-hmm. where the most rec- fertile recruiting areas are. Oh, yeah. So Jonathan Jones put these numbers out there. The, as of opening week in the NFL, high school cities with the most NFL players, do you realize this year right now, Rod, it's Detroit, Michigan, 19. Oh, really? Wow. On, on, on that the, were on NFL rosters That's to start impressive. the weekend. Number two, Bradenton, Florida, which we know is you know down there in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Three, the Houston, Houston area, Houston, Texas. Yeah, H Town, baby. Sixteen players on NFL rosters. Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, fifteen. That would surprise some people. And then Atlanta, who you talk about all the time, they're at fourteen, along with Miami, uh, Miami, Florida. Yeah, those are those uh, metro areas. But, that but just he also dominate. did the deeper dive. States with the most NFL players per capita. Georgia is number one mm-hmm. with one hundred and fifty players. That's, a, that's one player for every seventy-one thousand four hundred and thirteen people. Number one by a good number. Mm-hmm. Louisiana is two per capita. Louisiana had state is, of is always, and I swear, the last ten years I've looked at it. I'm not joking because I keep up with this kind of data too. Louisiana is always in the top five. Yeah, like it's, it's oh, Louisiana and Mississippi and surprisingly is, will always be near the top five. And it's crazy. And this is per capita, so yes. it's like the state of Texas has 187 players. Yeah, 187 the state of Texas is huge players. too. It's huge, and it's huge. So their <laughs> per capita is down there a little bit. Uh, the other state with the most is Florida, but they're a very populated state with over 21 million people in the state. So uh, Texas with 187, Florida with 178, and Georgia with 150. Those are the most. Isn't it crazy that California doesn't even register anymore per capita, but also it has been surpassed and it's no longer in the top three states for producing NFL yeah, talent? That Georgia's has surpassed it now. Well, think about Georgia. The big three are Florida, Texas, and Georgia now, not Cali. Georgia <laughs> has like only 20, 25 fewer players in the NFL than Florida, and it has, has to half the population. Exactly. Half the population. It's unbelievable. It's I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, Georgia's just over like 10.7 million people live in Georgia. Almost 22 million live in Florida, and their numbers are very similar. That is wild, So, yeah, man. Georgia's producing dudes. And I Detroit, for a city, would that's pretty surprising. It is a little surprising, but not surprising because Michigan, and you know this because you grew up there, up there in the Midwest a little bit, Michigan and Ohio are, you know, those are fertile recruiting grounds. And no doubt. So some of the the bigger cities in those areas, they're they're sh- now the reason Detroit is shocking now because the city has been had been hit so hard in terms of the infrastructure of it. Uh, basically, t- basically a lot of citizens leaving Michigan, leaving Detroit because of economic, yeah, you know, economic issues. Yeah, they just haven't had a lot of economic opportunity there. And so I'm a little surprised that now Detroit is still that high up because I thought a lot of people had a lot of families had left Detroit. Me too. So a good mass exodus going when on. So it's ma- a great football area yes. for the passion of football in the University of Michigan. And uh, that, w- that would surprise me, though, as far as the city with the uh, NFL rosters as of 
week one of the NFL season. And my man Jerry Hamilton, that's good stuff there. Um, my man Jerry Hamilton, who he he's as plugged into recruiting as anybody I know. Um, he says the thing that separates that Atlanta area or really Georgia from other areas, a lot of states, regions, they become known uh, or become famous for producing certain kinds of players, certain positions, O-line or D-line or quarterback, wide receivers from this area, whatever it is. Texas got known for being a quarterback mecca, right? Uh, Mostly because of Westlake. Shout out to Westlake and Lake Travis. Uh, But he says Georgia has got everything. He said they got quarterbacks, wideouts, D-linemen, O-linemen, tight ends, athletes, you name it, Georgia's got You don't even need to go outside well, of then, Georgia for anything else. And then you get into the chicken-the-egg debate. I mean, is, it, <laughs> is, it the, is that why Georgia's winning national championships, or are they doing the best job of evaluating and then developing those players so they're off to the National Football League? Uh, seems like it's a little of both, right? It is a little you know, of both. Kirby Smart has locked up the, the state yep. of Georgia, and now they're – you know, two-time national champions going for a third this year. By the way, they took a scare on Saturday. They were down 14-3 to at half to yep. South Carolina. They had to come back and win it by 10. There's no dominant team in college football right now. Yeah, we haven't seen a year there's like no, this. There's no dominant team. That's why it's good for Texas right now. There's no dominant team. No, there's, no. there's some good teams. Good teams. And, 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 and I, they'll get better. And the fact that the Pac-12 is so dang t- talented and you know, eight-ranked teams, they're going to beat each other up, Rod. They'll, they'll cannibalize each other. There'll be one team that comes out of it, but... I think they'll cannibalize each other for most of that season, too. And they could knock each other off. I think right now the fact that Texas is as high as they are and we haven't seen a dominant team just yet. By the way, I think the rule changes, ER, I think they're adding to the parity. I think some of these teams that are lower-tier teams, mid-majors, whatever, they can play. They realize they can play with some of these more talented teams, some of these even blue-blood teams, because they can choke the game. You can choke the life out of the game. You can choke the clock. That's what Wyoming did against Texas. Sure choke did. the clock. Yeah. Go, go look at UTSA Army. Now, Army does this to everybody. But Army chokes the clock even more against UTSA. You can choke the clock against these teams. You ain't got to be trying to score all the time. Just be trying to play keep away. And I think you can do that now better with the rules. So maybe when this is all said and done, we have a sample size to actually examine. We're going to see that the par- this helped parity in college football, too. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, and Wyoming did a good job. They had 38, almost 39 minutes of time of possession, and Texas only had 21. And that's you know that's how you find yourself in a 10-10 game into the into the second half for Texas is, yep. you know, your offense is sputtering in its passing game, so you're going off you know a lot of three and outs. They weren't good on third down, and then the other team is maybe not you know scoring a lot of points. They scored a touchdown on their first drive, and that was it really, uh, except for the field goal in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. But they're controlling the ball, you're limiting your possessions, and that's uh, is exactly right. Uh, in that you know who doesn't choke the clock. Who that? Texas State. They don't. They they don't know the meaning of the word. I mean, <laughs> they scored seventy seven, and somebody told us they could add eighty four, but they had a holding call, called back another rushing touchdown. They, I know. So they did try to to try to be conservative at the end, just run the ball. Yeah, they ran it for four hundred yards. They just couldn't stop. They weren't throwing. <laughs> Jackson, they just couldn't stop. Jackson couldn't State stop couldn't stop. Oh, and that, by the way, and props to G.J. Kinney because they had a top 10 crowd all time there at Texas State on Saturday night. So the students are getting involved and coming out and seeing a fun brand of football. And yeah, but they don't choke the clock. They they go for for seventy, yeah, seventy seven. They scored eleven touchdowns, Rod. Yeah, and you got to get. And, and the beautiful thing about it is he and I don't know how many of these guys had familiarity with that offense. GJ Kenny runs, but a lot of these are new guys. Oh he's yeah, he's bringing 50, in 52, 53 yeah. new players on that team. So we got a lot of new players who are not necessarily now familiar with the offense. They just is their first season in it, first season with the system. Can you imagine 
you know, these guys at the end of the season, when they have a little bit more familiarity and comfort in that system, they might be putting up some crazy numbers. And, of course, they beat Baylor, who Texas plays this mm-hmm. week. And they uh, played a really good game with UTSA. There was a seven-point game down in San Antonio in front of a huge crowd. Uh, here's a piece of breaking news from college football. Then we'll talk some Cowboys. Rod's going to take us behind the burn orange curtain for the end of the hour. And we will uh, get some what's popping, including Ty's Sex Panther popping pick of the night. But, uh, Ty, can we get a breaking news? Breaking news. According to Carl Reed, college football analyst for 24-7 Sports, and he covers Colorado football, Deion Sanders tells me, Carl writes in a tweet, that Travis Hunter will be out for three weeks. <laughs> three weeks for Travis Hunter. Dang. Dang. That's all right. It's okay. Dang. Dang. Oh. After yeah. that cheap shot late mm. hit by the Colorado State safety, and those games, Oregon this week, USC the following week, uh, Arizona State's three weeks from now. Yeah. They will be – Two and three at that point. Yeah, three and three, sorry. Three and three. Yeah, they're going to lose. I mean, without at your best cover corner and your, and best, your best wide receiver on offense. Yeah. That, so okay. how bad is TCU? Like, seriously. Yeah, they played off on that game, too. But they turned around and beat Houston the other night. Yeah, um, that's not saying much, though. I know. Well, look, we'll see. <laughs> I think Sunday Dyke's team will get better. I, I, yeah. I remember it was the linebacker talking about how bad we played. Like, they, they, they took they, Colorado lightly. They did. They did. I think it's obvious. See, Longhorn fans, we know we're watching it too. When the Longhorns don't take an opponent seriously, you see how the opponent can play with them, or they can play to their competition. Sure. And that's probably what happened to TCU. They were thinking, man, we're gonna blow them out. They ain't got no lines of scrimmage. All these new players, new coaches, and they went in there, and everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And they got punched well, in the mouth. And Wyoming's <laughs> got some big old boys. I mean, mm-hmm. and you got a coach who's been a championship level coach. And uh, with a veteran team, and they they executed. They were sound. They were they were schematically mm-hmm. and uh, and they were a sound football team. And so Texas was going to have to beat them, and they did. They beat them by twenty one points. So there's certainly a lot to work on and chew on as far as a fan and for us. Same time, if you're Texas, you feel pretty good about three, you know, double digit victories to start your season. And as you said off the top. This this is a team that struggled in the fourth quarter last year. They're a fourth quarter team now. They've they got, are a fourth quarter they've scored, team. They've got a twenty one point quarter in each of their games this year. They had a twenty one point third quarter against Rice, and then against Alabama and uh, Wyoming, two twenty one point quarters. And if Jaden Blue hadn't fumbled that ball in the fourth quarter, it might have been a twenty eight point quarter. Rod, they were moving the ball to go score again. Agreed. On yep. a on a Wyoming team that I think was that humidity and that heat finally got to him a little bit late in that game. Uh, so that's the breaking news from Colorado. Uh, Travis Hunter will be out for a couple of weeks now, maybe three weeks, according to Deion Sanders. Uh, before we go to the break and get to uh, behind the burn orange curtain, Rod, what about the Cowboys? Uh, this it, it, uh, Micah Parsons in the offseason declared that they are going to be the best defense the NFL has seen since the t- 2000 Ravens. Are you seeing that show up? Are you seeing the, 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 the best defense we've seen in 25 years in the NFL? Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be that just yet. I mean, it is looking like it's going to be the best defense in the league this year. I, I can say that with confidence. And they they still have the unique ability to take the football away. I mean, they are the most opportunistic defense in the NFL. I, I believe they're leading the NFL in takeaways right now. Last two years prior to this, they actually led the NFL in takeaways back-to-back years. They do it three years in a row. They'd be the first team to do it since the Pittsburgh Steelers did it during their still curtain days of the mid-70s, mid-to-late-70s. And I think the Cowboys are going to do it. So they are a special defense, and Michael Parsons right now is on his way to winning defensive player of the year. I'll give you a quick stat about Michael Parsons. He has recorded two-plus sacks, or at least two sacks, I should say, two or more sacks, in 28.6% of his career games, highest of any player, highest percentage of any player in NFL history. Reggie White is second 
at 21.6%. You're talking about five percentage points better than Reggie White is when it comes to uh, sack uh, career games with at least two sacks. So he is on a a crazy, extraordinary pace. I think he will win defensive player of this year, uh, defensive player of the year this year, and I think he'll be the best defense in the league. And then we can start talking about where they compare with the 2000 Ravens or the 02 Bucks or the 85 Bears, yeah. right? Those are, hell, Legion of Boom. Hell, Legion of Boom, we got, got something to say about that too. I think they might be better than the Legion of Boom right now just because Legion of Boom didn't have a Micah. They didn't have. They got the secondary pieces that were better, but I don't know if they had a disruptor like Micah. Well, Michael Bennett, probably the. Yeah, role. he wasn't even close no. to being what Micah is. Yeah, like, this thing, it's a good this player, thing, but. like there are certain players you watch and you say, you know, I've just never seen anything like that. Um, and Tyreek Hill is that for me when I watch Tyreek Hill play? Sometimes Bijan. Bijan I mean, can have. Yeah. I mean, has got shades like of yeah. Barry Sanders mm-hmm. and you know Saquon at his best, but but we've seen that before. We've seen Bijan type runners. Um, but but Tyreek Hill, I don't know that I've ever seen a player as quick and as fast as he is, just electric with his legs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes does things as a quarterback that I don't think I've ever seen anybody do. He's a combination of you know, mm-hmm. Dan Marino and Aaron Rodgers, and then little you know he's got the magic to him. And he was really good yesterday, especially in the second half in their win over Jacksonville. That was supposed to be the game of the week, and it turned out to be a very sloppy football game yep. that was defensive dominated. Uh, but then we watch Micah Parsons, and I'm, I, I watch him, Rod, and I think I don't need. And I've said this since his rookie year. I don't think I've ever seen anything like him. Uh, you, I agree. You, you had um, Tony Romo late in the game comparing him to, to, to Lawrence Taylor, and I think that's fair. But Lawrence Taylor, I mean, ninety percent of the time was just coming off the edge, which is fine, and he was devastating to def- to offenses. But now Micah Parsons everywhere. He's he's and, and and what did you say? Somebody said who would win a race of the Cowboys and J. Ron Curse was asked on the ticket who would win a race if they asked all the players to line up and race, and he said he thinks Micah would win it. That's crazy. <laughs> that's so so that's crazy. so he sometimes he yeah. reminds you with his quickness and his speed of Tyree Kill, but he's two fifty five. We saw that workout video over the summer of him yes. and Deuce Vaughn working out doing those little shuttle drills, and well, he no. was right there he, with that he, dude. He was yeah. here at the, uh, the the collective, the collective, the mm-hmm. workout facility here in Austin. There are two of them. Yeah, they're doing short shuttles. He, mm-hmm. Deuce Vaughn, and Jamar Chase, and at two fifty five, he was the fastest. Yeah, it's great at it. it it's That's next level freaky. Yeah. And I think he he ended and you up. You want you want like offensive linemen to block him to be able to stay in front of him? Come on. And I love. I think he's with the perfect defensive coordinator to help weaponize him. I think there'll be some other defensive coordinators who may have been a little bit stubborn about moving him around. Or remember, Micah didn't want to move around either. I mean, Micah, always... Micah was saying in the offseason, I'm a defensive end. I rush from the edge. And then Dan Quinn went to the public and said, no, he ain't. He's a pass-rushing linebacker I will use however the hell I want to use him. If you have, Period. Quest- if you have right? questions about our defense, come to me. Come to me. Don't be less than Michael. Michael, he got one idea about what he wants to do. I'm the man calling the plays. And I love that because, honestly, it makes – it makes the defense, and it makes the defense better, but also makes Micah tougher to find. The offense got to play Wells Waldo every play. And by the way, when it's a quarterback, you got to go find you know Micah Parsons every play. Also got to change the protection every time he moves because I'm sliding protection to him or I'm designating protection to Chip or put a tight end on him. So when he moves around, I got to change the whole damn protection. Yeah, Every so damn time. Because if you don't change the protection for Michael Parsons, you're stupid. Because he's that well, good. <laughs> somebody who also is, is almost as freaky, uh, we'll see tonight with Miles Garrett when the when the Browns play the he Steelers. Is. He's a he's ridiculous. 
Uh, and they the move edge. him around now too. They They're putting too. him at off-ball linebacker now and putting him in the B gap. Some it's you just the to. newest phase now. You move around your best pass rushers. You don't just leave them in one spot. Why'd you make it easy on your on the offense? Why make it easy on? This them? happened by accident though. I mean, if you remember, it goes back to his rookie year. He was playing will linebacker, and then Demarcus Lawrence got hurt, and they're like, oh, we need we need somebody on the edge. A few mm-hmm. games in the season, he ends up. And they're like, wow. He's our best yeah. pass rusher. Well, it's funny because uh, yeah. in the Texas game, Anthony Hill, who the Longhorns are going to use in, in in a similar vein as a true freshman, remember in that long run, you know, Vernon Broughton got twisted out of his uh, his lane, and then Anthony Hill took the wrong gap, and that sprung the big run, mm-hmm. uh, the 62-yard touchdown run. And Anthony Hill didn't play a lot from that point on. And then the fourth quarter, he came back in, and he was playing like his – Hair was on fire. He was unbelievable in that fourth quarter. And you go back and watch the tape, Rod. Yep. Anthony Hill came back in, and he had something to prove. And so the Cowboys, the Longhorns, need to use him like that. And not he's going to make mistakes as a freshman linebacker. That's just going to happen. Um, but, you know, and by the way, look at this run right here, Rod. This is Bijan. That's freaking. Yeah. Watch this run. You got, I'll retweet this. But the first two guys who have he's dead to rights. And he breaks two guys' ankles. Right here, bang, 55. Oh, see ya. Mm. Now watch the safety. Oh, see ya. Mm. <laughs> and he picked oh. up three guys, and he picks up 20 yards. And there were three guys that had – This is these are professional players, and they have Bijan dead to rights, and not only don't tackle him, they don't touch him. They don't touch him. They don't touch him. Don't down, touch him. Down. Maybe that flying. same guy touched him a little bit. He's a freak, man. Uh, so it's so much fun to see these guys, and Micah is just that. And think about this. The, the Cowboys will play the uh, Cardinals this week. They're going to harass Joshua Dobbs. That is not going to. What is that early line? Have we seen that? Uh, they got to run the football. How many times? How many sacks did uh, they get on Zach Wilson? Not as many as we thought. Not see? as many. We they, thought they'd get more. They ran the football though. They wanted to run it. More. Well, they saw that tape of Daniel Jones getting sacked seven times. And said, "No, we got to. We got to shut that down." Uh, <laughs> Cowboys are an early twelve and a half point favorite in that game. I'm seeing thirteen. I'll take it. I'll, say, I'll take twelve and a half. <sighs> That's a big number in the NFL. Uh, I don't like double digits the, in the NFL. But look how the Cowboys have been winning, though. Man. And they, they've, been, they've been winning like that without spectacular offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Suffocating Ooh. defense. Here's an early. If you can get this today, New England minus two and a half at New York Jets. Oh, take it. Yeah, take All that. Day, take that day. while you can. New England minus two and a half? Yeah. I will say, yeah, it is weird. Yeah, you're right. I'll take that number. I'll take that because you know the, defense, the defense of the You know what other early Monday too. line is intriguing is that uh, – Ole Miss is playing Alabama, and they're getting six and a half points. Damn. Ole Miss is getting six and a half points. And it's at Alabama, though? Yeah. 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 Ole Miss can't win there. Have you seen Alabama's quarterback quarterbacks, problem? Yeah, you're gonna, you're, quarterbacks, you're, I still yeah, know. A lot of people think that Ole Miss is going to win that game outright, and you're getting almost I, I a touchdown. I can see that. Almost a touchdown. And some people that believe already, there are rumors that he's already demoted Kevin Steele. Defensive coordinator. There's some of those rumors, and we already know they've already shuffled the quarterback. Already played three quarterbacks, and basically the the reports are saying this is more rumor that he is going to allow Tommy Reese that if he wants to go with with Buckner, be like, all right, man, that's your guy. Just so you know, when you end up firing, be like, you you want your guy, <laughs> you well, want your guy. <laughs> so there's a lot of narratives at Alabama, oh, obviously coming off the negatives. Texas win, and then they struggled with South Florida, and you know Tommy Reese was a bad hire. They don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And look, Nick Saban, you know he's been the, the he's the goat, but you know Texas fans know what it's like when you can't you don't have a quarterback, right? I mean Texas went through years after year That's after it. year yeah. of oh. not having a QB. QB hell. It, it you know a really good quarterback can cover up a lot of issues in your program. Now Texas right now is a well built program. They their their quarterback sometimes hurts sometimes hurts mm-hmm. them. Uh, they're they're really good everywhere else. Uh, but you know I think Dabo Swinney. I mean Cade Clubbing is good, but you know when you have transcendent. 
generational type players like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence back to back, or you know, Mac had Vince and and Colt. Uh, you know, obviously Nick Saban had you know Jalen Hurts and Tua mm-hmm. and uh, Mac Jones. I mean, those are really good players, and now they don't know who their quarterback is. So I, you give me that seven points or six and a half, I'll take Ole Miss right now. Yeah, I I I've watched Bama enough to to know I have no faith in their quarterback situation at all. Like in any well, any what? of them, all three of them. And we did the deep dive ahead of the game because Texas was playing them. They're not as dynamic at receiver. Nope. They're not as dynamic at running back. And O line isn't formidable as it has been in, in other years. Yeah. And yeah. now the <laughs> now Rod's saying the defensive coordinator is getting demoted. This is a problem. Mm. And you're giving me six and a half points. Lane Kiffin's got a pretty good team going in there. His quarterback Jackson Dart is playing pretty damn well this year. I tell you, I'd take that up, but I'd buy the hook. By the extra half. Got the seven. Yeah. Hey, we come back. Uh, Rod takes us behind the burnt orange curtain. More from Sark after the big win. And Texas now uh, a 3-0 and football team for the first time in more than a decade. It's Ian Rod B. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Austin, Texas Sports. The Horn. Good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. Plenty of all three as usual on this Monday morning. Cowboys probably the most impressive team of Sunday. And they're certainly in the conversation. Hard to beat 30-10 and 70-10 uh, to 10 in their first two games. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. Oh, uh, lamest performance for me in the NFL, Rod, was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Home to the Chiefs. I'm not taking anything away from the Chiefs, but to only score nine points and not find an end zone on a game that the Chiefs tried to give them. The, the Chiefs were a mess in the first part of that well, game. Well, your defense showed up, too. Yeah. I mean, defense they, played well. It did. And it's funny because both of those teams are, are very similar. They're built around their quarterback. They Neither really wants to, to run the ball. And it looked like both teams' defenses were playing safeties deep, keeping mm-hmm. everything in front. Yep. But, man, what, what really impresses me, because, look, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, including me, have, people have, have said MVP candidate. Well, you know – he was 22 of 41 yesterday, and I was really impressed with the Chiefs' ability to cover. I mean, those are good receivers, Rod. I agree. And there wasn't, wasn't – I mean, you could see Trevor Lawrence. He'd drop back, and there'd be – Nothing. Nothing. And uh, remember all those those secondary players they drafted last year or two years ago in the draft? They're showing up. Now, they can really cover. Their linebackers are good with Bolton. Mm-hmm. And now Chris Jones back in the middle. Uh, George Karloftis off the edge. Chiefs' defense, I think, is a little bit underrated right now. And their offense is sputtering, which you know Patrick Mahomes will get that get that right. But Jacksonville lame yesterday. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Kansas, the Kansas City offense they they force fed the football to Darius Tony because they wanted him to have a bounce back performance, which he he did. Um, but they started out shaky. They four were, turnovers. Oh man, but they, they were, muffed a punt. Yeah, they were ugly early. On. Early on, I thought, oh man, Jacksonville's going to win this well, game. Well, and well, I I was the opposite because when they didn't score any touchdowns and it was still just you know six points on the board or nine, I was like. Oh, Chiefs are going to win this. You got to take advantage of those, Rod. You do. You when do. they turn the ball over that many times early, you got to. He's at home. You had Patrick Mahomes on the ropes. He threw a deep touch, a deep, deep interception, which he never yes, does. He does. Yes, he did. He threw a deep interception, in yeah, that they, game. and they were yelling at each other on the sidelines because yeah. the offense was scuffling. Travis Kelsey got a personal foul because he was yelling because uh, there was another fumble. So yeah, they they were ready to be beaten, and the Jacksonville Jaguars still not ready to take that step right now. They got championship DNA. That's what happens, right? You talk about that with the Astros yeah, early on. It's yeah. like when you got championship pedigree like that. Yes, you can have a crisis, and you know things can happen. Backs up against the wall, a couple of bad plays, bad weeks, whatever. But you do have the championship DNA and pedigree, so you do know how to pull yourself out. Well, and if of you're the ja- depths of that crisis, if you're Jacksonville, you don't have it, and that was a, a great mm-hmm. example of it. You had an opportunity yeah. to pounce They're on like a the team. Rangers. They get it. Yeah. 
Yeah, they had a chance to Sorry, pounce time. and uh, did not. And you got to give the Chiefs' defense credit too. Also, I would say the other team didn't capitalize are the Seattle Seahawks. Excuse me, the uh, the Detroit Lions. Oh man, to be at home, get up fourteen nothing or four, yeah fourteen nothing on the Seahawks, and then let that lead get away, and you end up losing in overtime. Detroit hasn't fully arrived yet, no. Rod. No, and they don't know how. You're right. They don't know how to handle being in this situation where they are. The hunted, essentially. They're favored in some of these matchups. Everybody's high on Detroit. That's going to be big this year to see how they handle being the team with the target pretty much on their back, which, is, which never happens to Detroit. And by the way, <laughs> we've now seen that that division for two weeks. I don't know who's going to win the division still. I mean, yeah, Detroit, Green Bay. Green Bay looked good. Week one didn't look good in week two. Lost to Atlanta. It won't be Chicago. It won't be Chicago. We know that. It won't be Chicago. And Minnesota with Kirk Cousins already 0-2. So, I don't know, man. That's why, you know, Minnesota talking about trading Kirk Cousins. Everybody's trying to – I saw Mike Greenberg, Greeny from ESPN, was begging because his Jets are so bad without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but, you know, in that division, you're not out of it. You're mm-hmm. not out of it. Minnesota yeah. seems to get out of their own way. Yes, and play some defense. Well, you can't give up 260 yards rushing in the NFL and expect to win. I know the Philadelphia's are really good, but at the same time, 260 on the ground in the NFL. It's still a lot. close game, though. It was. It was, and they had all the turnovers that cost them. Uh, with with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. All right, let's get uh, behind the burnt orange curtain. We're talking Texas football, number three in the polls now, 3-0 and for the first time since 2012. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, actually, of course, uh, post-game um, media availability after the Wyoming game. We played some of these cuts earlier, but I want to play – a couple of more. One, we were talking about the running back position. We discussed Jonathan Brooks's performance, uh, and it was a, a great one. He really stepped up. You could argue he was the identity of the Texas offense. Sure. <laughs> uh, in that he game was versus the Wyoming. they had consistent. Yeah, they really couldn't figure out any way to add some juice to the offense, and he gave the offense plenty of juice, especially with the running game. Uh, you brought up the Pro Football Focus College stat, E, that he had 10 missed uh, tackles forced in Week 3 versus Wyoming, which led all Power 5 running backs. So the question is, and it came from the media, and I think we're discussing it too. Did Jay Brooks earn enough to, or at least he, did he do enough to earn the starting running back spot? Remember, he only got to start versus Wyoming because Cedric Baxter was dealing with the injury and he had a spectacular performance, but he did not earn the start in that competition in weeks one and weeks two. Uh, we'll see if he uh, earned it after his performance versus Wyoming. Here's what Sark had to say about the starting running back position going forward. We'll, we'll deal with that as it comes. Again, you know, Cedric just wasn't 100% tonight, and I just didn't want to risk kind of where he was. Uh, I thought, you know, Jonathan stepped up shining, shining all the way through and, and kind of felt like he got stronger as the game went on, um, which is a sign of a really good back. You know, that, that how many times have we seen that and talked about that with Bijan and, and how well he'd run in the fourth quarter of tight games. And so, um, you know, we need we need CJ. We need to get him back. Um, you know, th- those two are both physical runners and, and, and run our style. So, you know, again, we'll, we'll monitor that as we go. Um, it's hard for me to sit here and predict who's going to play what percentage of the plays. I just know we got two good players back there right now that can run run our style of runs the way we want. All right, and that's interesting too. I've talked about this. I'm not sure Sark knows exactly what roles all the running backs are going to play within the offense or what roles are going to be defined for these guys within the running game. Because, you know, C.J. Baxter, I believe, is kind of – he Sark believes he can be 
uh, a guy that can be a power back for him in between the tackles, but also has the best cut back ability, and that's important for some of those big plays. Uh, Jay Brooks showed you what he can do versus Wyoming. I think he has a nice all-around skill set. Jaden Blue is more of a guy that can hurt you on the perimeter, but with the fumble, I wonder if Jaden Blue will probably see less uh, reps, and you'll give those to Keelan Robinson since he can do some of the very similar things on the perimeter. And don't forget about the Red Cat with Savion Red uh, having two successful snaps out of the Wildcat formation and showing that he can be a short yardage solution for you. I wonder if Sark will look at him in some of the power situations that those Savion Red in there as well. So I don't necessarily think he knows what running backs are going to play what roles in the offense yet. And maybe that's one of the reasons that the running game hasn't had the consistency that he wants yet or going forward. Yeah, and it really but what bailed him out Saturday because Jay it, Brooks did, and that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. uh, as you said, the six offensive lineman package, and then some two tight end sets just to get get some power football. Uh, that that was good to see. This is the versatility that Sark talks about. He wants to be able to beat you in a lot of different ways, and uh, pretty clear after watching the Alabama tape and all the deep shots that uh, you know. Coach Bowl there at Wyoming said, "We're not giving up deep shots. We're going to play deep. We're going to get keep everything in front of us." And uh, they did just that, and so Texas took what was there. I thought Sark could have started running sooner, but he was trying to get that offense going and uh, work through his quarterback, but yeah. obviously that didn't work. I don't – listen, some people are saying, oh, it was a bad game plan, bad game plan to start the game. It, it could have – you could have called it a bad game plan if you want to. I don't necessarily call it a terrible or a bad game plan because I know what Sark was trying to do. Game plans are built on looking at your strength and trying to identify their weakness and trying to match them up as best you can. And it, it was a perfect match. Their weakness on defense is their secondary and their pass defense. Their strength is their front seven where they have four all preseason all-conference selections, including the defensive player of the year pick in the conference, Easton Gibbs at middle linebacker. And Texas' strength is obviously their passing game with all the weapons. J, uh, JT Sanders, A.D. Mitchell, Jay Witt, X-Man with Quinn Ewers in the passing game. It, 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 it seems like an obvious, oh, our strength versus their weakness, let's do it. And then we'll get up early in the game, we'll get a double-digit double, double digit lead, 20-something points, Malik plays, and then Arch plays, and happily ever after, right? That was the plan. It did not go as planned, right? Everybody's got plans, so they get punched in the mouth. And I think what Wyoming did a good job of was thwarting those plans, and essentially they, they were able to conceal their weakness, which was their secondary. And they did it with the three high, three down uh, defense, which they play a lot of. And Sark had to adjust because his game, how often have I told you guys, there are times when I was on the sideline with Carl Bull Reese and we'd have a game plan. We practice all week long, all week, very thorough, extensive game plan, very detailed, oriented, exactly what coverage is and what fronts we're going to play in these situations. And after the second series, he comes to the sideline and goes, all right, guys, that game plan, Terrible game plan. We're wrong about damn near everything. Here we go. Let's just on the fly. Here we go. That happened probably three, four times (laughs) during my last two years at Texas. And it's going to happen to Sark, too. But that's the beauty of coaching. You're problem solvers. Go solve the damn problem. You got three quarters to do it. Yep. All right. After you realize first quarter, man, we we screwed up, guys. They they have a better game plan in preparation than we do. It happens. It does. It does. And uh, you don't want to happen a lot, but it happens. And that's the that's the bar now, right? The ceiling. You've shown you can be a, a tough fourth quarter, mentally tough minded team. Uh, you've dominated the second half in in each of your first three games, and now this is where you really feel like Sark can dial this up because now it's mm-hmm. about the script. Now it's about coming out better and coming out uh, at a higher level. Well, they're. 
they were really good at that last year. So you feel like it's there. Two years. If you can, years. If you combine the two, <laughs> well, now you're now you're cooking with cooking with grease, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. You're cooking with whatever that is, uh, because all of a sudden you are a fast starting team who can finish. Well, that's that's how championships <sighs> are won. And fast starting can finish. That's as, amazing. As you said. Uh, you know, when your defense plays to this level, we mentioned the ESPN defensive efficiency rankings. Texas number one right now. If your defense can play to this level, you don't need uh, you know you, you, these twenty-one point spurts that they go on. That's plenty, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's plenty of points. You'll put a team away. <laughs> yeah, and that's why they're where they are. They did the same thing to Alabama. They got behind and then they had scored fourteen points in fifteen seconds, and mm-hmm. then added another one. Uh, same thing they did to Rice in that third quarter. And uh, so it's there with this team. The ceiling is certainly high. And obviously you're looking around your conference now, and Oklahoma is the best team. Oklahoma will play a game at Cincinnati this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, We'll see. That's their conference opener. Texas, of course, plays at Baylor. And uh, no one else in that conference is ranked. Mm. So, you know, you you got to take care of your business with the Baylor Bears and then Kansas coming to your building. That that Oklahoma game shaping up, we know what it Ooh. is on an annual basis. It's looking like um, the game of the year. Now, it's one of those games. But your work is not happy about that. <laughs> not at all. He's not like, at all. He does not like looking up right now and seeing <laughs> only Texas and Oklahoma ranked oh, yeah. out of his conference because they're not going to be here. But listen, Rod, I mean, the way the Big 12 works, though, the loser of that cotton game in the Cotton Bowl could still make their way back. Oh, yeah. To the Big 12 championship. Repeat, We've game, seen right? it before. So it doesn't, it doesn't end it mm-hmm. if they take care of business. And right now they look like the class of the Big 12 uh, for sure. Was that 2018 when we got the rematch? The rematch, yeah. Yeah, the rematch, Tom Texas Herman. OU in the Big 12 title game. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I think I'm predicting that, that now. Sick. But the way things look right now, K-State may be able to crash it, but I, K-State didn't look great. Against Missouri. They Missouri. couldn't stop Missouri. So I don't, I, I'm with you. I think we, we right now that's maybe where it's trending is a rematch of the Texas OU game in the Big 12 title game. And, yes, uh, CB, you're right, uh, Carl Burris, he did change the defensive game plan in the 01 Big 12 title game. He didn't go with the – because we beat Colorado earlier that year by, like, 20-something points. And he, for some reason, whatever he watched on film, he thought our original game plan would not work versus Colorado – and then he wanted to change it drastically, and he did, and they ran down our freaking throat. And then he adjusted the game plan back to the old game plan. Then he went back to the old game. It was like During the game. During the game. It was like, why don't we change back to the other one? It would make no sense. We already beat these guys. Sometimes coaches, they – Overthink. Yes. Football is a simple game, sometimes complicated by simple men. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like you said, Sarchi just ran the damn ball versus why He was like, well, let me try to match up our strength with their weakness. And that's what I was thinking he was going to do, but honestly – you got bigger guys than they do. You should have went there and just ran the damn ball down their throat. But sometimes the simplest solution is the best one. You don't realize that. We come back. What's popping? What's popping? Including who knew? If you missed the story earlier, Applebee's be popping. <laughs> got that next here on Ian Rod B. What's popping? Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that like stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Yeah, what's popping with you on a Monday? We know there's a doubleheader of the NFL tonight. We'll see if the Sex Panther in there has the Sex Panther pick of the night. Oh, yeah. Ty had a good weekend on the uh, the gambling fields of play. Mm-hmm. 50 units you're up, is that what you said? 30? 80 in the past two weeks. 80 units. That's, what's the, that's what's why you're buying all that McDonald's on Saturday night. Hey, speaking of McDonald's, you can get some cheap burgers today. What's popping? National Cheeseburger National Day. National Cheeseburger Day. Just throwing it out there, man. You can get McDonald's right now. I guess right now, but the, today. Selling 50-cent double cheeseburgers Look. for National Cheeseburger Day. And Wendy's, Wendy's is, hey, uh, they they doing better than McDonald's right now. Wendy's, they're going to do it 
uh, one-upping McDonald's, they're going to have their uh, cheeseburger available for a penny, it says. The penny burger can be added to your order if you purchase another item, it says. So that's, gonna, the sti- that's the stipulation there. That could be one of those where's the beef burgers. Yeah, so a junior bacon cheeseburger for a penny. Yeah, I'm going to go feed someone experiencing homelessness. Yeah. Nice. You should. Yeah. And I think they'll try to know the word. They won't let you buy like a one or two per customer. So you might have to go like to multiple Mickey D's or Wendy's. Well, that's still a that's still a dollar cheeseburger no matter what. That is true. (laughs) That's a great oh Burger King is in on this too. They're gonna give a give a free cheeseburger to any member of its Royal Perks Rewards program who makes a purchase of a dollar more. Come on, mate. Why are you putting all those stipulations in the Burger King? Just give away the burger for fifty cents. Same thing with McDonald's. You have to have the app. Oh, do you really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Which I've, I've, me and Craig Way are big fans of the McDonald's app. It's, mm. uh, if you want to get a deal, you can get, uh, if you buy a quarter pounder, you can get a quarter pounder for 25 cents every single day on the McDonald's app. Dang. I don't even have any food yeah. apps on my you phone. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't use it. You don't go to McDonald's. No, I don't. It's, it's limited to one burger per customer, too. That sucks. Come on. Man. Well, people would be getting like 50 and freezing them. No, back in the day, they did. When I'm telling you, when they had Tuesdays and Thursdays, they have 25 cent. I believe like regular hamburgers and like twenty-five to fifty-cent cheeseburgers. You could buy ten per customer back in the day. I'm not making this up because we were poor, and you would go buy like ten of them, and then Mom would be like, "Y'all eating on these damn McDonald's burgers for like a couple days? Eating on these damn burgers? They were disgusting." He's like, "Nope, eating on them." So I swear that was a thing back in the day. It was a thing, and they they wouldn't limit it to so like one. Now they so damn cheap they limit it to one one per customer. Like they're not making enough money. Well, like the McChicken is like two bucks, two fifty now. It used to be a dollar. That's crazy. It used to be on a dollar menu, and now it's two fifty. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Who's got the best dollar menu t- these days? It used to be best dollar menu used to be Jack in the Box, in my opinion. Jack in the Box had a, a nice dollar menu back in the day. It's good. You can still get the two tacos for a dollar oh, there. Still, yeah. Oh, um, nice. I think Wendy's has a. Is I mean, Wendy's? It's either McDonald's or Wendy's. Wendy's used to have. You're right. Wendy's used to have the the nuggets. You get the five piece for a dollar. Uh, what else they have? The, well, they, have the they got the biggie bag. Where you get fries, nuggets, a burger, and put a, a drink in for there. five bucks. Oh, yeah, that's legit. Popping. Yeah, I don't eat fast food, but if I did, I would enjoy this. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, I'm out of my depth here. I don't know I the don't, fast food no, game. No, I don't eat fast food either. Eat up with it. Like, I, I, I only admit, Chick-fil-A is the only fast food that I will partake in. That's about it. Everything else. If I do McDonald's, it's typically breakfast because I'll get an Egg McMuffin. Oh, it's so I like good. The egg Ooh. Best breakfast for fast I'm food. I'm a big fan of Egg McMuffin. Chick-fil-A. I don't consider Chick-fil-A fast food, though. You, I mean, I it is. Yeah. I know, obviously, it is. It is. Yeah. But fast the, it's food. such a higher quality. It is. Is it really? I never, really? feel, I never feel like um, crap when I have to eat Chick-fil-A. It, it, it's not necessarily eat, but that's the psychological game they play they because they're so full. clean and the customer service is so good and they're closed on Sundays. You believe it's a healthier fast food. <laughs> it's like, it's fried chicken. <laughs> and then it's, it's healthier. Why? Because they're clean? The bathrooms are clean? Because <laughs> hey, they're closed uh, on Sundays. God wouldn't do that to me. What's popping? We'll preview <laughs> these NFL games. Doubleheader of Monday Night Football tonight. We also told you that ESPN will be debuting the new Monday Night Football Anthem, which is Chris Stapleton and Ooh. Snoop Dogg uh, breaking out. Uh, country Phil, country ver- and hip-hop again, Yeah, huh? it's, it, it's, it's their version of uh, Phil Collins, the song uh, Coming in the Air Tonight. Oh. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Uh, so that'll be tonight. You can be, see if that's popping. Uh, it but, won't be. Why don't you, you got to change it? I mean, are you ready for some football is all you need, right? Hank Williams Jr., are you ready for some football? Go go with the classic. Why don't they just cover it again? What's wrong with covering well, that last same year, thing? I'm telling you, last year was the all night long. 
Yeah. I wish they'd uh, stick with that. The Alana Richie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy says uh, Taco Bell best dollar menu, but the worst after yeah. effects. <laughs> That's what I don't do Taco Bell. <laughs> You'll pay the price for that dollar menu. You will pay the price also, for those cheap prices. <laughs> I will remind baseball fans out there while the uh, ba- football is going on tonight, two games <laughs> starting at six fifteen. The Astros play the Orioles tonight. This is a big series. Astros. Astros and Orioles, to team with the best record in the American League, the Baltimore Orioles at 93-56 and 56 will be at Minute Maid Park for a week series this week. It's a big one. Houston needs to uh, be all right because the Rangers are playing the Red Sox up in Arlington and the Mariners are playing Oakland. So we right know right now mm-hmm. the Astros lead by a game and a half over Texas. All three teams had bad weekends. Houston won the only game. The contenders for the AL West went 1-8. and eight. Over the weekend, Rangers got swept in Cleveland. Mariners got swept at home by the Dodgers. And the Astros dropped two out of three in Kansas City. So Astros not playing great. They get uh, Baltimore tonight, who's been – what a great story. You know, they're they're the one seed in the American League. And who would have picked that when the season began? But, uh, you know, we talked earlier about the Chiefs and the championship pedigree. Oh, yeah. This is when the Astros uh, need to step that up because the Rangers and the uh, Mariners hot on their heels. Uh, so be watching that tonight. Baseball – a plenty and uh, Rod, are you excited about these NFL games? You got the Steelers hosting. Steelers trying to get up off the deck after getting flattened by the 49ers in Week One. Browns were one of the most impressive teams in their first week. They beat uh, the Bengals 24 to three, and now they're in Pittsburgh tonight. Also tonight, Derek Carr in New Orleans at Bryce Young in Carolina. Yeah, I think uh, Ty's right about the Browns. I think it, it, you got the Steelers coming off of that brutal beatdown they took at the hands of the 49ers. Last season, the 49ers, man, when you played the 49ers, they, that was a hangover effect. No team won their next game after playing the 49ers in 2022. Uh, I'm going to say that trend continues with the way they whipped up on the Steelers. I'll say the Steelers go down again. 0-2, baby. 0-2 at home. That'd be terrible. We talked yeah. about the Patriots starting 0-2 at home, while the Jets and the Niners starting 2-0 on the road with two road wins. That would be very impressive if the Browns do that with Deshaun Watson. And, uh, by the way, the Texans want to see the Steelers win tonight. The Texans want the Browns to lose as many games as they can, right? Oh. Remember that draft pick that they own is is Cleveland's? They gave up their own that. in the Will Anderson trade, and their own is looking worse yes. and worse. It is looking worse and worse. <laughs> they, like, they, don't, mm-hmm. they don't need – the Houston Texans don't want Cleveland to be as good as Ty believes they're going to be because uh, that, that will hurt. And the Arizona Cardinals are over there going, sweet. We could have the first pick and the second pick. They keep forgetting they're tanking, too, in these games. <laughs> they start out it's not real but fast. The too, that's all that matters, right? Yeah, they go hey. like, somebody calls down to the coaches and goes, Coach, we need to lose these games. He's like, oh, yeah, my bad. We'll call some bad calls. We got this, Coach. They got a 20 to nothing, 20 to nothing yeah. <laughs> on, on the uh, New York Giants. Giants set a new modern record. They had given up 60 points in their season before they scored a point. Remember, mm-hmm. they got beat by the Cowboys 40-zip. They were down 20 to nothing yesterday at halftime. And so they didn't score a point until the third quarter of their second game. It's crazy. But they came all the way back and won because uh, what's his what's his face was great. Um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. No more Saquon Barkley, though. Yeah, he got hurt. He is done. Hurt his ankle. Hurt his ankle. Amari Cooper out tonight, by the way. Amari Cooper is out tonight. Ty, you feeling it? What's your uh, Sex Panther pick of the night tonight? Let's do it. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time. It works every time. Every time. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't I'm going to give you all a parlay tonight. Uh-oh. Oh, see, he tried Vegas. to warn you against these. Really? I'm up 80 units in the past two weeks. Okay, so, go ahead. I mean, Let's see. <laughs> um, I, I gave you Cleveland, minus two already. And I'll take New Orleans, minus three at Carolina. And a little baseball, a little Cleveland over Kansas City. 
Cleveland over Kansas. Cleveland's okay. playing well. They're trying to chase yeah. down the Twins here, but uh, in the NL AL Central. So keep an eye on that today. All right, uh, Steve Sarkeesian coming up in about five minutes with his Game Week News Conference. We won't be carrying that because we can't. But we will certainly be playing highlights from it this afternoon on Patrick Davis' yes, show, The Sports Complex. You know, we, you and I, Rod, will be talking and about what Sark has to say today. And he's previewing the Baylor Bears. Baylor Bears. Ooh, can't wait, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Baylor was, you know, the Longhorns struggled with Wyoming for a half or so. Uh, Baylor struggled with Long Island University on Saturday. Yeah, but you know they're going to be ready for this game. Oh, yeah, it's Texas. They'll be ready for that Texas their la- game. Maybe the last meeting for a long, long time. Yeah, so way to save your season, beat Texas. We all know how that works. <laughs> all right, Rod. Be a fun Tuesday. Yes, hey, sir. have a great Monday. Enjoy the doubleheader. Enjoy the baseball. And get to Applebee's. We found out I was at a wedding this weekend in da- outside of Dallas. And it's popping. Only thing open in Greenville, Texas was Applebee's. And now we've learned that after 10 o'clock, Applebee's becomes like a club. Club Applebee's. Club Applebee's. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Oh, I didn't. Ty did. Ty knew. Ty knows, Ty knows all that stuff. That's why we live vicariously through our producer. <laughs> Rod, have a great one. Uh, Ty, you too. Good luck with your parlay. We'll, we'll be grading them and talking football tomorrow at 6 a.m. If you missed any part of our show today, you know to go to the website for the podcast at hornfm.com. Jim Rome is next.